Hello and welcome to another episode of the AT and WB podcast. I am your host, Chris Taylor. You can find me online at Zeitgeist. And I'm Alex Wilson. You can find me on Twitter at Dr. Underscore Television. Nice. And it's not the word underscore spelled out. It's the thing underscore. It's the, the object. thing underscore. Yeah. yeah. And and you'll and you won't find me tweeting there, but you can go check out some some old posts from a couple of years ago, if that's your fancy. Yeah, we did do uh, we did do a live tweeting event of the first two Pokemon movies when we just watched them with each other, and we live tweeted them with Pokedex facts as the hashtag. So if you do hashtag Pokedex facts, you can find our complete coverage of the first and second Pokemon films. Those are probably my best tweets. You'll probably want to go back and see those. <laughs> yeah, that was a really long time ago, too. <laughs> so we're here today to talk about, of course, all things Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers related content, such as HBO and DC Comics and Space Jam, Looney Tunes, Tiny Tunes, Animaniacs, Freakazoid, Pinky and Elmira and the Brain, <laughs> <laughs> all that stuff. And this week, I think there's a lot of focus on the news of the streaming service, of course, because this is the new big thing that is happening with Warner. But also on the top of the hour, we have to discuss that I started this podcast in June of 2018, right after AT&T won a huge court battle to acquire Time Warner. It was then that they changed the name from Time Warner to Warner Media. Well, on February 26, 2019, AT&T finally officially warned Warner after a legal battle with the Department of Justice. It was rare for the Department of Justice to sue for a giant merger like this, and there hasn't been one like this challenge since the 1970s. But they aren't seeking an appeal to the Supreme Court, so it's official. AT&T now owns Batman and Bugs Bunny. Yeah, it's pretty big news. Um, I didn't realize it was the first time they'd sued somebody since the 70s to stop a merger this size. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think of a merger this size, yeah. But then again, back in like 2000, uh, maybe it was like 2002 or something like that, Time Warner merged with AOL, and then they undid that merger. So that was, oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that was a big disaster there. And now AOL is just part of Verizon. Like it's just this, like Verizon bought out, I think, Yahoo and AOL. And then they put them under the company now called Oath. So Oath owns those two, like it's Oath. And then they own AOL and Yahoo as brands. And that's all under Verizon. And the rest is history. We all have AOL email addresses, and that's the world we live in now. Still, yeah, we all still use our AOL email addresses. Nothing has replaced them. (laughs) (laughs) I can't, like, I wonder if my AOL account is, like, still active. You know, like, if I'm still getting spam mail from there, (laughs) or if the mailbox is just full, so nothing's happening. I have no idea. I do know some people who, like, their parents kept their AOL subscription far after AOL was a thing, just because it was easier just to keep the $10 a month as opposed to canceling it. Mm -hmm. So I'm still, I'm sure they still have, like, 20,000 people who just still pay for dial-up AOL. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, just because it's just on the credit card, whatever, it doesn't matter. (laughs) 
Who knows? Warner CEO John Stanley is considering putting all of the TV network brands under one roof. Right now, Cartoon Network, TBS, and TNT are under a separate department than, let's say, HBO. It's up in the air if they'll all fall under the same banner or remain fractured as they are now. It'll be great for them to work in tandem and synergize the overall company's priorities. Like, for instance, when Space Jam 2 is out, HBO could host Space Jam 1, and Cartoon Network could run nonstop Looney Tunes and Tiny Tunes for a month. I think that would That'd be, be really pretty great. great. Yeah. yeah. And did you hear the rumor of who they were thinking of getting to be in charge of the TV brands and the streaming service? I did, yes. Uh, Robert Greenblatt? Yeah. Yeah. And he ran NBC for a while, but unfortunately, I would say that it was not a good run for NBC. I think. Uh, I, I mean, agree. I think in the last couple of years, but this is after he left, that they have actually come back a little bit with getting Brooklyn Nine-Nine back under the NBC banner as opposed to being on Fox. Since they made that show, it makes sense for them to have it. I think they should have had Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on NBC since that was an NBC production, but instead they let that be the Netflix brand. I think their brand's been fractured over the last couple of years. Yeah, and they missed the Mindy Project. I mean, this they missed yeah. out on some really great shows that, uh, and especially now in this world we live in, where branding is almost more important than ratings. Shows like the Mindy Project, even if when you're not getting these gigantic ratings from it, it's just such a recognizable show. It's kind of sad that they missed out on things like that, especially when they work with creators, you know, in the past on other projects. Yeah. Definitely. They also seemed like natural extensions of their brand in general, with Brooklyn Nine-Nine being created by the same people who did Parks and Rec, who who were the same people who did The Office, and then the Mindy Project being Mindy Calling from The Office. Yeah. So yeah. they are just extensions of that original brand. Mm-hmm. And Ellie Kemper coming from The Office. I mean, yeah, all those people. Yeah, from Schmidt. Yeah, that, that would have been smart to keep all of that in house. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know what he was thinking personally. I guess he did well with the Chicago shows. There's seven of them. <laughs> There's a lot of those. You know, like Chicago Fire and oh, yeah. Chicago Med and Chicago. Uh, it's not Chicago Hope. I oh, I keep wanting to say Chicago Hope. I'm like, that's not one of them, Chris. That's a different <laughs> show. <laughs> Yeah, and ironically, he, Bob Greenblatt, had come from running Showtime. He was president and CEO there. That was back when, I mean, that was the beginning of uh, a push for original programming there. And so he's responsible for Weeds and Dexter and Californication and all these shows that, uh, ironically enough, that originally they didn't have huge ratings, but they had such a distinct style to them and such a distinct branding to them. And so you think he would have brought that to NBC, but then when you think about what he found success with, it was more along the lines of what you're saying, Chicago Code and Chicago Fire, that's more kind of traditional shows. I even think Chicago Code is a different, it's not part of that franchise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> totally. And, Chicago, et cetera. <laughs> and in, in many ways, the, the Chicago shows were copying what Les Moonves was doing at CBS. Yeah, C- CBS. True. Yeah, not at CVS. Although Les Moonves may be working at a CVS now, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From CBS to CVS, the true story of Les Moonves. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see Bob Greenblatt go back to being able to kind of culture these other brands if he actually will be doing that. He won't be in charge of a network. He'll be in charge of all of the networks. So, yeah. 
uh, hopefully he can bring some of that great energy he had back in the Showtime days and that originality back then. Because that was the golden age of Showtime, really. Yeah. For sure. Just some great... It's just such a... I mean, and it was so nice to see shows that they didn't all just have to be directly linked or they didn't all have to be the same kind of tone. I mean, that was... HBO did this a little bit, but I feel like Showtime really kind of went outside the box in terms of finding shows that were catching different demographics for the first time, as opposed to just trying to hone in on one demographic. Absolutely. And Dexter, too, right? Yeah, exactly. And that was back when Dexter was, like, amazing. Mm -hmm. That show definitely teetered off. Yeah. Definitely jumped a couple sharks, for sure. Yeah. Uh, So to leave on that sad note about Dexter, (laughs) uh, move on to... The Kitchen, which is based off of a Vertigo comic, and it has moved from September 20th to August 19th. It's a film that stars Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish, and Elizabeth Moss. It's written for the screen and directed by Andrea Barloff. Ollie Masters and Ming Doyle wrote the comic, and it's about the wives of Irish mobsters who take over the business after their husbands go to jail. Now, I don't know if you've seen Widows. Uh, no, I haven't seen it, but it sounds kind of similar tone. Yeah, I mean, you can put the pieces together and how it's different from Widows with this here is their husband's going to jail. So you can you can feel the difference right there. Yeah. It sounds interesting. Based off of Vertigo comic, it's great that Warner is utilizing the Vertigo stable to keep curating new content for the screen. Definitely. Is uh, Sandman Vertigo? Because, I I mean, I know that's kind of perpetually in development at Warner, but it'll be interesting to see if with this new changeover to AT&T and Warner Media, if they can ever make something out of that uh, IP. Yeah, that shouldn't be a movie. You know what that should be? An HBO show. Oh, yeah. That that would pair great with Watchmen. Um, Yeah, absolutely. uh, Yeah, and I believe that Sandman is in the DC universe. There actually was a character originally called Sandman, and if you read the first issue of Sandman, he goes, yeah, I'm not that guy, but that guy pretends to be me. He was pretending to be me in the 50s. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he was like a fan of me, so he became a superhero with that name. Yeah. Moving on, I think that also you can see Sandman on the Warner streaming service as well. I think HBO would be a better fit because we still don't know exactly what the Warner streaming services feel is going to be like yet or the branding. Yeah. It might be more family oriented, which I think Sandman would serve the HBO brand better. That's true. But in Warner streaming service news, we have our first official project for the service and it's an animated Gremlins show. It'll be a prequel following the character Mr. Wing when he was a young man with Gizmo, of course. That's pretty awesome. I wonder if Spielberg's going to have any kind of producerial hand in any of this, but I'd imagine maybe not. Oh, yeah. I mean, I believe it's it's also being produced by Amblin Television, I'm sure. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. I mean, did Steven Spielberg just win an Oscar for Green Book winning Best Picture? Because Amblin produced that. So does he get an Oscar for that? <laughs> I did not know that. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if he was... He wasn't one of the names read off, obviously, in the announcement, but I'm sure his company gets some kind of credit for that. Definitely. Yeah, I wonder if his company just gets an Oscar they can put up. That would be cool. Yeah. Gavin O'Connor, who directed Warrior, and fun fact, Warrior was intended to be the first of a trilogy. Did you see that movie? 
Yes, I love the movie. I didn't know it was supposed to be the first of a trilogy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I really love that movie too. In fact, I actually liked it more than The Fighter. And I know, like, The Fighter got nominated for all these Academy Awards, but I don't know. I just like the family dynamic and Nick Nolte. I thought gave a better performance in that movie than Christian Bale did in The Fighter. <laughs> yeah, I never saw The Fighter, but The Warrior just seemed. I mean, it just seemed kind of more documentary style and more gritty and just was a different kind of draw for me. But uh, but yeah, I, I never gave the fighter a shot. Yeah. Gavin O'Connor, he's currently in post on the Ben Affleck starring Torrance for Warner Brothers. He's also attached to another project for Warner entitled Fast. And he also did The Accountant with Affleck and Warner and uh, Warrior was for Lionsgate. So he's making this new movie Fast right now. And Fast is written by Taylor Sheridan. And it's about a former super special forces commando who was tasked by the DEA to lead a task force that's created to take down the CIA protected drug dealers. So that logline couldn't be any more generic, but I mean, Taylor Sheridan's such a great writer. I'm sure it, it, it's going to be something cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think the twist in the logline is, is technically the DEA versus the CIA without them knowing it. Maybe that's true. Yeah. yeah. Which could be kind of interesting, kind of like how spoilers at the end of The Departed, you find out that Jack Nicholson is really working for the CIA or the FBI as well. Oh, yeah. It's like supposed to be a third twist in the film and just how everyone is corrupt and not corrupt at the same time. (laughs) Everyone's a twist. (laughs) Yeah. Miles Mattel has Barbie and Hot Wheels at Warner Brothers. They also have a couple projects at MGM Studios, which are American Girl, which should totally be a show or a film. I mean, Babysitter's Club just uh, got picked up as a show on Netflix, so it makes sense for American Girl to be a thing. Yeah. Uh, but also Viewmaster. I want to make a Viewmaster movie. <laughs> and that's, I don't remember Viewmaster at all. Uh, you'll know or, oh, it. The View, oh, the Viewmaster toy thing? Yeah, yeah. The They're little... going to make that? In the... oh my God. <laughs> exactly. It's the little red thing you put up to your eyes, and you put the circular thing in, and you just you just press the button, and you see different pictures really close. You know, that would be cool as like a VR experience or something. That's probably um, what they're going to do for and, sure. And there's a great thriller that came out a couple of years ago called Hardcore Henry that was like a movie from like the audience's point of view and it was like a first person shooter point of view of a yeah, lead protagonist yeah. in a film and i actually really liked that one but i guess if you could do something like that with viewmaster it'd be cool but that's a, a tough sell yeah but but although the just the name viewmaster is fucking badass yeah it's <laughs> just vague master. enough but yeah <laughs> want to know more yeah, yeah. I really like really you could take that that term and use it for anything, but I would think VR would be the road yeah. that they would go down. Aquaman 2 is on for December 16th, 2022. I mean, it seems, that seems obvious. That movie is going to make all of the money. Yeah, that will be a huge hit. Uh Superboy is coming to Titans and will be played by some guy named Joshua Orpin. Uh any interest in that? Uh, I mean, cool. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great to see a live-action Dick Grayson with a live-action Superboy together, teaming up or making out or whatever they want to do. Should be interesting. I'm not super familiar with Superboy. Is he also uh, from Krypton, or is it kind of like a passing of the torch to a, a human with 
special power? He is also from Krypton. The thing is, my knowledge of Superman mostly comes from the Superman animated series and like Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, like all that Mm. kids WB stuff. So I mostly know Supergirl was in that. But they didn't okay, really yeah, feel Superboy at all. Yeah. I don't know. I also like what I think it was Grant Morrison, what he did with Superman, which was he had his DNA like tested. So he got like he basically did 23 and me in oh, Super- that's cool. <laughs> and Superman for all seasons, I think. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Did he find out he was like one percent Askenashi Jew and like <laughs> tracked down his great uncle Mort? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's a whole subplot of of the second <laughs> issue that, yeah it's either superman for all seasons or all-star superman oh yeah i actually met it i think it was all-star superman i'm pretty sure that was grant morrison yeah and that was great grant morrison takes the term all-star superman very seriously for how that story ends i'll just leave it there <laughs> all right yeah i'll have to read it i, didn't, I never read that one uh, Will Smith as Deadshot will not return for James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. I don't think this was too surprising. No. James Gunn seems to be doing his own thing with it. I have no idea how that's going to turn out, that film, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it'll. I, I'm James Gunn's awesome, so I'm sure yeah. it, it may not be faithful to anything you're expecting from something called the suicide squad but i could see it just being like a good james gunn movie so we'll yeah, see. Ab- absolutely yeah he's made some really great stuff between slither and super and other things that start with s yeah <laughs> so suicide squad should make he's got a good track record <laughs> yeah yeah let's keep it going I think I think too Suicide Squad now that it's dated is going to come out like seven years after the original Guardians came out, which is kind of interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, Ray Liotta may join the Mary Saints of Nork, which is the Sopranos prequel film. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Warner Brothers <laughs> may sell their ten percent stake in Hulu, and Disney has been releasing news about Hulu and saying we're making this for Hulu, making this for Hulu, because once the Fox deal goes through, they won't own 30%, they'll own 60%, while NBC Universal owns 30%, but they can't, they have no say since Comcast bought them out at some point. So they're not allowed to say anything that happens at Hulu, but also Disney will own 60% now, so they'll own a majority stake, so they can just do whatever they want, and they are right now. So they announced The Offenders, which are those four Marvel animated series that included Howard the Duck and Modoc, and they have announced, I believe, a couple other projects for Hulu, which are more adult-rated, which are more mature-friendly. <laughs> Yeah, more mature friendly. <laughs> yeah, more mature friendly. Yeah, hopefully AT&T will be able to get some kind of bidding war between Disney, Fox, and NBC Universal, because uh, I'm sure either of those companies would like just more Hulu uh, shares. Yeah. Um, unless NBC Universal will someday try to offload their own stake in it. They've said they're not interested. I think just because, like you were saying in a couple episodes ago, where it would be smart for Warner Brothers to keep their stake in Hulu just so that they can be on the conference call for Hulu when Disney is announcing all this new stuff so they can have an inside scoop of what Disney's up to. Yeah, exactly. And, and even if they don't have a say in the company, like. Like even if NBC Universal doesn't have a say in the company, you think just being able to kind of be in some of those intimate conversations would be worth holding on to a lot of those shares. Yeah. Well, AT&T is currently looking to shed about thirty billion in debt, 
and that's debt that they've taken on because of buying, I think, for $81 million Time Warner, which is a crazy number. <laughs> so they yeah. want to shed $60 billion. And, you know, if they, well, they, they've said, and this is a quote, the team is actively working on an extensive real estate portfolio, administrative buildings, headquarter buildings, land, as well as looking at our entire $500 billion total asset balance sheet. If you think about it from a capability perspective, if you can find 2% of those assets to sell, that's $10 billion right there. So this is infinitely doable. We are very comfortable that we can get these things accomplished without interrupting the operations of the of this business. So it almost seems like they want to go for selling land that they have or certain you know buildings as opposed to selling their stake in Hulu. Honestly, that's what that kind of seems like to me. Yeah, that that would make sense to me. Yeah, because Hulu is said to be worth ninety billion. So if they sell their ten percent stake, that's nine hundred million they'd make. And uh that doesn't actually seem like that much if they're trying to shed sixty. Yeah. Yeah, if you can if you can sell some land and some buildings and come up with ten billion, what's the point of you know, selling your stake and selling out access to information for nine hundred million? Yeah, exactly. But I'm really excited for that Gremlins animated series. I'm going to have to rewatch the Gremlins films. I watched them as a kid, like on cable television, and I don't remember them at all. <laughs> yeah, I watched the first one, but I, I have no frame of reference for the others. I, I know they... I know they quickly jump shark, I think, in the second one, because I think in the second one they take over like a TV studio or something. And so it's it's very meta. Because I think at that point the director was having issues with either the studio or somebody. So he just said, well, screw it. We'll just kind of go nuts with it. Yeah. I know Joe Dante directed the original. I don't think he's going to be involved in this project at all. But. Uh, I don't even know what Joe Dante would be up to now. I know he made a couple kids movies in the last couple of years, but he, he directed Looney Tunes back in action. And that was really supposed to be the resuscitation of the Looney Tunes brand. So I wonder what, and he hated Space Jam. So I wonder what his thoughts are on Space Jam 2 being used to resuscitate the Looney Tunes brand for a whole new generation. Oh, yeah. That's crazy that he hated Space Jam, but I guess I can see that. Yeah, they even have a Michael Jordan reference in the movie, and then Daffy Duck said, well, that was inappropriate, or something like that. Like, why Michael Jordan? (laughs) (laughs) Which we'll discuss on an upcoming episode of this podcast. Yeah. The All Talk and Woody Banter podcast. We will discuss the origins of Space Jam the origins of Space Jam 2, and all the stuff that happened in the in-between time, like Skate Jam, and well, almost happened, like Skate Jam and Race Jam and Spy Jam, and I don't even know what it'd be called, Tiger Woods Jam, like like Golf Jam? Golf Jam. It has to be Golf Jam. Tiger Jam. Tiger Jam, yeah. (laughs) That just sounds like something delicious. Yeah, it does. Ooh, I want some Tiger Jam now. So any uh, final thoughts? It'll be interesting to see what happens with Hulu, but I had no idea it was estimated to be worth around $90 billion. Isn't that uh, but, crazy? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure some of these numbers, especially when you're just trying to estimate the value of a content creator, so much of the value comes from, oh, well, like in five to ten years, all this content's going to be worth X amount, so we have to value it 
higher right now. And I think it's it's tough kind of putting a realistic number on a lot of those companies, even Netflix. You know, I mean, they yeah. Net, Netflix still doesn't turn a profit, but just because of the value of their content and the, the value of their subscriber base, that's what creates the value in their company. Yeah, it's crazy. I swear that Netflix has a sheet of the thousand biggest franchises of the last hundred years. And they're trying to get all the ones that like, you know, Disney and Warner and NBC Universal and Sony don't own. Yeah. Yeah. And just being like Babysitter's Club, check. Uh, Road Dolls books, check. Matt Miller, like the Matt Millar comic universe, check. Oh, yeah. Like all that stuff. They're just checking them all off. I mean, they already did. Like they already rebooted Magic School Bus, Inspector Gadget, Carmen Sandiego. Like they know what they're doing for sure. They want all the demographics. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All of all of the franchises that Disney and Warner don't own. Mm-hmm. And also that that aren't the minions. I guess we can go over real quick the upcoming DC Comics films, just because I find it interesting now where we're at with that. Yeah, so we have Shazam coming up on four five nineteen, and then Joker on ten four nineteen, and Birds of Prey on two seven twenty, and then supposedly an untitled DC film for three twenty, which I don't believe is actually a thing. Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four on six five twenty, and again that DC Super Pets on May twenty first twenty twenty one, and the Batman for june 25th 2021 the suicide squad for august 6 2021 and aquaman 2 for december 16th 2022 so it's interesting from when we went that yeah we're gonna get a green lantern in a couple years and a justice league 2 and a justice league 3 and or it was green lantern core and we're gonna get the cyborg movie and none of none of that's happening that that other Joker movie. <laughs> you know, that was the only thing I could think of for the untitled DC film was maybe they'll make a, some kind of Green Lantern film happen, but I think they're still probably a little gun-shy. Um, so yeah, I don't know what they're going to stick in there. And maybe they've been developing something, but they want to be absolutely sure that it's a go before they announce it to the world. Um, maybe, unlike, yeah. un- unlike Wonder Woman and aquaman that are like okay we can definitely announce those since they're huge hits for sure i i wonder if it's animated i wonder if bruce tim is secretly working on an animated film for them that'll be released theatrically yeah i mean especially if, now that you have the proof of concept with spider-man into the spider-verse exactly every, every everybody should be doing that now there's you should jump on the bandwagon it, it's just like r-rated superhero films jumping off the success of deadpool yeah, I mean, you, you shouldn't have a hundred of them, but it makes sense to have, you know, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, and it makes sense to start, like, experimenting with that within different studios. Yeah, and, I mean, Bruce Tim has been at, he has been the head of, D, like, the DC animated film business for the past, like, 30 years now. Like, since he made batman in in the early 90s the batman animated series and then he made superman you know batman beyond justice league justice league unlimited and then they did a plethora of other things and they did all these standalone films and there's like 30 standalone films now and it would just make sense to release some of those in theaters the mask of the phantasm was released in theaters back in the early 90s which was really great yeah, I saw Mask of the Phantasm and it was awesome. And I remember seeing that as a kid. But even the ones that are being released now that are showing up on Netflix, I haven't seen a lot of them, but they look great. And DC's been doing animated 
feature length films for more mature audiences than just like kids or elementary school Absolutely. kids. And so they might as well try to parlay that into a feature film now that uh, Spider-Verse did so well. Yeah. And Teen Titans go to the yeah, movies. Yeah, Teen Titans did so. I mean, I think that did really well too. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it cost much to make. So they, I think just based off that tiny budget, they did really well. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's it for this episode of the ATNWB podcast. Make sure to rate us on iTunes, I guess. That's what everyone always says at the end of episodes. I don't actually know what that means, but I'm going to pretend I do know what it means. So rate us 10 stars. Rate us... Yeah, 10 true books. <laughs> yeah. Rate <laughs> us 10 Warner dollars. Yeah. Or just five if, if, if you don't really like the show that much. But make sure it's over five. Never go under five stars. Yeah, no. For sure. So five to 20, I think, would be a good amount of stars. Or 27 Any, stars. Anywhere in that range. Yeah. And if the, and if it tries to limit you, then write in the comments, you know, star, 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 so that the algorithms know, oh, this person's adding bonus stars. Yeah. And sometimes write out the word star, or sometimes yeah. just do shift eight, which gives you that little asterisk that was in in sync back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so this is this is it. Thank you for listening. I tune into the next episode. Tune in. Wait for the next episode to drop, and then just listen to it. Thanks for listening. And that's all, folks. Roar! This has been a full dinosaur production. <laughs>